Today in Canadian History for May 10th, I'm Mark Affel. May 10th, 1885 marked the second day in the four-day-long Battle of Batoche. The battle was fought between the Dominion of Canada's forces and the Métis militia, who had established a provisional government of their own, with Batoche as its capital. The Battle of Batoche is seen today as the Métis' last stand during the Northwest Rebellion. After Canadian troops captured the capital, Métis leader Louis Riel surrendered and would be executed for treason only five months later. But what happened to the Métis people after Batoche? To learn more, I spoke with Lawrence Barkwell, historian and author of Batoche, 1885, the militia of the Métis Liberation Movement. Now, Lawrence, how formative exactly was the Battle of Batoche in the history of the Métis people? Well, that was that was it because it it led to the uh, uh, what they call the dark years of Métis history because they went underground after that. You didn't dare say you were a Métis. There's even people today won't talk about it. Who's you say? Did your grandparents talk to you about Batoche and that? They go, no, no, no. We ran away to Edmonton. We just wanted to keep our jobs. So people went underground. Well, you were the lowest of the low. You'd kick your dog, and then the dog would kick the matey, uh, you know, because they were branded as rebels and that. It was it was a big propaganda uh, effort, you see, on behalf of the Canadian government uh, after that to justify what they'd done. Uh, they'd sent, what, 30 petitions asking to get their land and, and uh, deeds to their land and that without response, uh, the Indians and Métis were starving at the time. There was droughts uh, across the northwest during that time. Uh, but a year before, Mange went through the horse herds, and they lost half their horses, the Indians and Métis. So they were really in tough shape, and the government was non-responsive. Remember, after 1870, Sir John A. said, well, we're, we're going to bring the rest of the Northwest Territories into Canada, and they'll have representative government uh, shortly. Well, this was 1885, right? Fifteen years after uh, Manitoba came in as a province, and they still hadn't—they still didn't have uh, elected representatives in the West. And what were the rest of Canadians thinking about the Métis shortly following the Northwest Rebellion? Well, down east, down east, it, it, there was a different view in in Quebec. Of course, Quebec sided with the Métis. Uh, they took the side of the Métis. So, so the the newspapers in Quebec and New York and, and Minnesota were uh, on the Métis side. It was the Orangemen in Ontario were anti-Métis, and that was right since eight, 1870. Right uh, ever ever since uh, Thomas Scott was uh, shot in front of a firing squad, the Orangemen were were uh, uh, beating the drums for for uh, the punishment of Riel and all the Métis which is why the Northwest Expeditionary Force, when they came west under Wolseley in the summer of 1870 to take over, right? It was called the Reign of Terror. They were killing and looting and raping, and and uh, that's what the newspapers called it, the Reign of Terror. The same as the sacking of Batoche, right? After uh, after the battles were over there, they, they were looting and sacking the place, and, and Middleton, uh, stole stole all of Bremner's furs, and it took it took about uh, it took years to get him to trial, and then he was convicted at trial, and he was to take over an insurance company in Canada, and he went back to England in disgrace. 
it was the general who was, you know, lauded for beating the Métis. Well, he went home with, uh, in disgrace, back to England as a convicted thief. And what was the turning point uh, when, when maybe the Métis were no longer forced to, uh, as you say, live underground? They were underground until after the Second World War. It was, it was, uh, the Métis were highly overrepresented, as were Indian people uh, during World War One and World War Two. And when they came back, you know, they were treated as equals when they went overseas. And so they had a lot more self-confidence when they came back. And then they, a lot of the people who started the Métis political organizations were, were soldiers during the war. And, and, and then there was a, uh, that was, after World War One, you got you got the Métis organizing in Alberta and Saskatchewan, and uh, and starting to lobby, you know. And then the the, the situation, of course, in in, um, in Alberta was so terrible in the late twenties and thirties that they came out with the Métis Betterment Act, and that's how the settlements uh, got set up in Alberta, which is really the only Métis-owned land in the country other than Treaty Three at Fort Francis. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, they they were basically underground. You wouldn't, you know, you, if you could pass as French, you'd pass as French. As always, today is a day full of Canadian history. The capital of Canada relocated from Kingston to Montreal on this day back in 1844. The only Canadian-born heavyweight boxer Tommy Burns passed away at the age of 73 on this day back in 1955. Burns first became heavyweight champion back in 1905. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot, I, I mean, Hollywood could have uh, a great time with this stuff. There's some wonderful stories. Uh, of what went on, like the story of Lawrence Garneau at Edmonton, right? He he was a suspected Riel spy, which he was communicating with Riel. And and the soldiers and Mounties come into his yard, right? And his wife his wife is washing clothes in the kitchen, and she sees them come. So she reaches up. <laughs> the letters Riel's letters were all on the rafters above her head. So she reaches up and she rubs them into the washboard before the Mounties get into the house. Mm-hmm.